now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Yeah, speaking of this episode, how early do you teach your, teach your kid to juggle? You can start with no balls. You can do that for <laughs> years. <laughs> Say like fifth grade, you can start putting some crude objects in their hands. Yeah. Figure it or out. the scarves, I remember. That's kind of, you start with the scarves. Oh, the... Yeah. Kind of the slow-mo version. Then you move right to the blindfold. <laughs> blindfold and swords right after. How could they be safe if they don't know what's dangerous? Exactly. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly. Free business paper needs or Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper people. Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper people. Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, and I apologize for grubbing for money, Sean Roney. And with us is always our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I like paintings with the color blue, red, or black. If you have those colors on a painting, odds are I'm going to like it. <laughs> I like paintings of <laughs> objects that I'm familiar with. Trucks, uh, birds, recognizable animals. I don't like paintings with squiggles. <laughs> Every week. I like paintings <laughs> of recognizable historical figures. That guy has everything that's wrong with the art world. Uh, Edwin, of course, our other co-host, uh, is not here this R. week. He, he remains missing. Uh, we've received several ransom notes. <laughs> R.A.P., which stands for remains in the Philippines. <laughs> Uh, no, he is uh, safely in the Philippines with his entire family, and I hope he's having the best time. 70 cousins, each one better than the last. It, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that there's actually 70 cousins. <laughs> you believe Dwight when he says that? Or you believe that Edwin has 70 cousins, each one better than the last? Seems like Edwin has like 70 oh, yeah. cousins. Yeah. Um, but every week we get together and talk about NBC's our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about The Inner Circle from Season 7, which is, of course, the new super fan season mm -hmm. on Peacock. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll head to the conference room where we have an email from Allison and a voicemail from Diana. 
before we get into uh, that, let's start with some housekeeping. Um, I just want to start off the top by saying that I just watched the movie. Yeah, finish up. <laughs> I just what I just watched the movie Election. You have you seen that movie with yeah. uh, uh, Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon? Oh, it's a great movie. Uh, I like these names from 1999. It uh, also has uh, a guy named Nicholas D'Agosto. and he is. I was like, I was like, man, I recognize this oh, kid. He's, I uh, know him. D'Agosto Christmas present. <laughs> Close. Uh, he's Hunter from The Office. No way. Anyways, I just love a. I just love spotting, <laughs> spotting a small role character from the office hunter's and, a great one too yeah that's well a good hunter's one. been on a he, hunter was on some stuff right he was on some shows yeah no he's got a he's he's got a career for sure but he took uh, us by the hand but he was uh he, he was great in election highly recommend that movie okay check it out speaking of that speaking of highly recommending that movie sean i'd oh. like to recommend our other podcast captive audience where oh. we dropped a now playing edition of uh poor things the oscar nominated Best Picture nominated Poor Things. Yeah. So if you like that movie or if you hated it, uh, it's a great episode for you as both views are represented on it. And then coming up, uh, releasing, well, today, today by, the right. time you were, by the time you are hearing this episode, we have released The Devil Wears Prada. Which um, heavily referenced in The Office. Heavily referenced in the show. And in fact, uh, I, a, a little nod to this podcast. Get but me on, Monty. Where's my steak? <laughs> You're not never... going to Paris. Uh, me and Edwin had never seen that. So we watched it for the first time. We record a pod. So check that out um, if, you ha- if, you haven't, if you haven't checked it out yet. And then yeah. some other fun stuff on there. And then again, that's a whole separate podcast feed. So find it. Get that footage. And, uh, and get on board Captive Audience. We're having a great time with it. Outside of that, uh, a shout out as well to our Patreon members, the Scots Tots. You can join their club for $5 a month and get our uh, exclusive monthly mailbag episodes where we answer every damn thing that comes through <laughs> on our question submission portal. Every GD <laughs> question. Every GD thing that comes through. <laughs> and again, if you're hearing this, you're hearing this, We're pro- I think we're recording our February one. Yeah, it that would've... very day. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, because that is the last day of February. Because we get a bonus. It's a leap year. Oh, year. What do you think about that? What are you going to do with your extra days? days. Twenty nine. Uh, so we will have a brand new exclusive one coming out um, today. So join, get all that stuff, get our extra shows, extra. We've we've done other podcasts about other TV shows. You can find it on our Patreon. It's, it's all there. Some bonus drafts, some unreleased stuff that we just threw out on there. Uh, All all good things. And then if you hate ads, of course, you can get this show with no ads as a part of all that. Just included. So, Bam. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. Be a part of our inner circle. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, Speaking of, uh, let's get into today's topic, which is the inner Mm. circle. Uh, We watched the the super fan cut on Cock. Uh, season seven, episode 23, aired on May 5th, 2011. It was written by Charlie Grandy, who uh, some other notable episodes he wrote are Crime Aid, Broke, Double Date, The Delivery, 
Uh, he was a writer on SNL for years. Those are uh, great and, episodes. And then after The Thanks. Office, he went on to uh, he followed uh, Mindy Kaling to the Mindy Project, and also to Velma, the Scooby Doo TV oh. show that <laughs> that uh, that Mindy Kaling made. And um, I did not watch that, but I I can't remember. Like people didn't seem. I don't know what I don't know what the discourse was around that. Uh, I just, was there an appetite? for that i think there were a bunch of like i mean i, mean, I know, know velma is like a just basically a very popular cosplay outfit but outside <laughs> of that i'm like what it was supposed to scoop, be like who's who's wanting for more scooby-doo takes i can't i i i i don't know it was all supposed to be like scooby-doo from like a different like perspective and stuff and a whole bunch of like bigoted assholes got really mad about it but i think like on the other side people were like well it's just like not that funny <laughs> so um, it's not that funny so I, I don't know maybe maybe someone out there has watched it and enjoyed it and uh, you could email right. us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com and tell us to watch it um <laughs> it was all uh, this episode was also directed by matt Sohn, who um for many years was the uh was a camera operator on the office and then became the mm. cinematographer after Randall Einhorn left uh this was his second episode uh that he directed after happy hour so all right yeah you son of a bitch uh Alex uh why are we talking about the inner circle this week a couple reasons uh yeah. first of all you were like hey let's do something let's do something with the Angelo because look yeah the super fan cuts come out you realize season seven, uh, if, if you're like us out there, season seven ends in my head when Michael leaves. Right. Like that's season seven. And then we go to season eight. And, and there is a season 7.5 that exists, which is the last, mm. what, three, four episodes of season? No, not longer than that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's well, uh, ish, yeah. ish. Um, and D'Angelo is obviously in it for a couple episodes to transition Steve Carell out of the role, but... The inner circle. This uh, this is the this is the episode where it's just D'Angelo. This is in fact the first episode of The Office, the U.S. Office that does not feature Steve Carell. Uh, so mm. big, big episode for that reason. Very yeah. important. Uh, this was a difficult thing to pull off. Obviously, the showrunners knew what they were doing. Where hey, if we cast a blinding comedic light that is Will Ferrell, people will not see the shadow that's starting to form here in the show, oh, right? That's beautifully uh, said. Thank you. Uh, shout out to our listeners in Norway. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Jemima. Jemima in Norway. Uh, <laughs> Write that one down. <laughs> so so we just we were like, wait, season seven superfans are out, which means we're, we we get some Will Ferrell superfan stuff. There's got to be some wacky extra scenes he's done. Let's let's dive into it. As we've said on the show, too, we, we sort of parse out I haven't watched all the super fan cuts because that's mm -hmm. the only new office I have left in my life. So we mm -hmm. just we're taking sips from the mm -hmm. cup as we as we do the show. And, and this one, uh, we were excited to, to get into some D'Angelo stuff. Uh, I find it then, I find it difficult yeah. to binge the super fan episodes because it's like you've seen most of it. So, like, mm -hmm. I find that if I'm just binging them, I don't I don't notice the new stuff. So I, I like I, I like when we can focus on these. Uh, yes, I'm I I am going Zapruder film level, you know, mm -hmm. frame by frame through these super fan <laughs> episodes. Um, 
So it's, it's a lot of fun. For instance, you know, st- even right away starting this episode off, there's things where in the title sequence, uh, there's things re-edited just for this one single episode. <laughs> because what? this is oh, the no. only episode. <laughs> this is the only episode where, you know, D'Angelo is manager and Michael's no longer in the building. Because then right. obviously this by the end of this episode, D'Angelo is in a hospital. Um, so yeah. like Michael adjusting his dundee on the desk has D'Angelo replacing a little, you know, like Southwest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just for this episode. Uh, the what else? Uh, da, 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 da. All, oh, the, um, all the shots where Steve Carell have been uh, are replaced by like daryl playing the keyboard from local ad that Mm. still has michael's hand in it otherwise he's totally out of the credits Mm -hmm. um and then steve carell's credit uh he's replaced also by a clip of everyone laughing and then you've got Mm. i mean this is the first time rain wilson he's credited first Mm. uh in the credits which is sort of a sign of things to come which is like this is our new lead on the show is rain wilson Mm. pretty much yeah so yeah, that's uh, that's why we're talking about it Man, today. I, I totally just skipped the, the credits uh, on this rewatch, just like I always do. <laughs> so I'll have to go back and rewatch now. But um, speaking of uh, Michael being off the show, I did enjoy one little deleted moment that we got in this one where uh, a little factoid about Michael that we didn't know, which is that he got a puppy and is going to name it after Pam. Yes. Pamela Beagsley. It's a beagle. It's really hilarious. Cute. I can't believe I that lo- was deleted. I need, <laughs> I need that I need that footage. Yeah. I want to see. Got to see this dog. I loved beagles as a kid. I don't know why they, mm. they as time went on they went down my rankings a bit, but boy, I was obsessed with beagles. I thought they were the coolest dog. Beagles they are still great. are. They're really cool. Uh I feel kind like finic- that's a finicky breed, though. That's what I've heard. I've heard you got to have two. Mm. It's really good to have two of them. Uh... Pair, of, pair of queens <laughs> on casino night. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes. Yeah, so now uh, Michael is gone. D'Angelo is the manager. Um, in the episode before this, we kind of get a. We haven't totally been able to figure him out, although he does seem as dumb as Michael Scott. Um, just based on their very first interaction at the hotel bar. Uh, but uh, I'd say he's he's just as misguided as mm-hmm. Michael Scott. I don't know, just pure IQ if he's quite as low as Michael. But uh, I'd say where Michael makes up for his sort of lack of judgment in just his general heart, um, I'd say D'Angelo sort of makes up for it in just his, I don't know if, it's not he's not really a charming person, but he does have charisma. There's you some, could no, say. I would say like that people want to people want him to like people want to be liked by D'Angelo, which yeah. is not something Michael had. I would say like certain characters <laughs> like uh like Daryl is a, is generally seems yeah. to be a good judge of character, a good barometer, and he like you know just loves D'Angelo now is it because he's sending him night school or is it I, I, I feel like there's a genuine yes. thing there with Daryl where he's like I, I want this guy to like me yeah I think well I think at this Daryl is getting a little more versed in corporate maneuvering mm. and part of that is like 
you need to you need to make your boss happy. That's kind of your role in a corporate job is like make your boss's job easier. And if right. you can do that, you will be seen, you will be promoted. And yeah. Daryl's just getting better at it. So hence starts dress he starts to he takes sort of the Andy Bernard approach where he's like personality mirroring. I will wear what they wear. I will yeah, like what right. they like. Right. Um and and for D'Angelo it works because D'Angelo is as we'll get to is is a very old school corporate person yeah. um, in well, terms of how he sees the workplace. It is funny too how at the end of the last episode we start to learn that he's like unhinged, right? There's the whole stuff yeah. with the uh, Andy uh and him going to the vet, going to the pound. Um mm-hmm. Annie Annie Shelto. Um how about just just bare handing a full and then <laughs> piece of cake? Right. Cooking some sort of marshmallow thing patty on a <laughs> on the coffee pot, <laughs> the yeah. coffee baker, which yeah. as always like that is such a weird thing to me that I, I, I and again I don't know what it is he's making. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. that he like slaps that it's such a weird moment. Um, but uh, so Andy knows that he's crazy, and then even and then everybody witnesses the cake uh, palming. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Dwight turns to Jim and is like, uh, oh, and then I feel like this episode starts and this, that's all been forgotten and is, you know what I mean? Like we're back to Pam is trying to please him by, uh, you know, well, she's sort of jumping in on this Vermont conversation he's happening. He's having with, uh, Daryl and then Mm -hmm. she's pushing (laughs) (laughs) the whole place smells like earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, it's like even Pam is like kind of trying to win him over, at least for the beginning of the episode. Um, but uh, we saw this with Charles. This is not something unique, also to D'Angelo. I'd say it's just mm-hmm. generally even when Joe Bennett comes in, when Charles comes in, Robert California later, like everyone. Just wants the boss. To, you you want to make a good first impression. It can never hurt to have the boss like you, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they're, even if they're palming cakes and cooking with a, a coffee machine, right? Like you still, it it behooves you for them to like you. I mean, right. look at what Toby's life was, even though he didn't really care. Like, yeah, Michael's just Michael just made his life harder, which Toby even says in this one was like, <laughs> yeah, I had a very bad, bad relationship with my old boss. Trying to avoid a hostile situation. <laughs> I love that he doesn't even say Michael. Like, yeah, it's just, he just is like, doesn't my like an interview boss. with a stranger, yeah. my previous employer. Yeah. Uh, my old. So, so that's, that's very much on everyone's mind. And so that's just what people are trying to do here. And, and D'Angelo like, is, yeah. is keenly aware of it. And so he, this episode starts with him to trying to throw off the scent he doesn't want to hear <laughs> what he wants to hear. Otherwise, he will not care. Um, don't thank me, guy. <laughs> don't thank me, guy. I love that. I I use that one in the wild. That's a, a good. Lot. That's I a good one. I use that a lot. Do we do we have do we have the drop of that one? Perhaps that needs I don't to, know. That I didn't, needs to get. I didn't uh, even get that. Uh, that's a good one. I should have. <laughs> don't thank me. Don't you thank know? Again, me, I guy. I, I, a lot of drops have come and gone over the years. Sure. It's sort of just what's hot, what's not. You know, I'm trying to stay right. on trend here. And so sometimes you need to clear room for a new jingle, a new, a new, uh, a new drop. And you got to, you got to 
you got to scrape the cobwebs out of the corners. And ones I haven't used in forever, they're gone. And uh, there's a couple of D'Angelo's I think got cut on there. Yeah. Um, we get a little yeah. more uh, of this scene in the uh, in the supercut. Uh, D'Angelo talks about pinball for a while. He's gonna get. Yes. We're gonna get a pinball machine in the break room. Could be Kiss or Phantom of the Opera. We won't know till the end of the week. <laughs> um, got to go, Kit. You got to go, Kiss. Oh right? yeah, that's got to be a way. I'm better sure that's machine. a better one. And he's like, uh, <laughs> it'll be quarterless. Because I don't want to hear any bitching and moaning about how you don't have any quarters. Just reset the machine. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird, very jarring thing. Uh, and yeah. it's kind of emblematic of what's going on yeah. in this arc. Because you, you have this boss who's <laughs> telling them good things in a very bad tone. Right. Uh, these all sound are like a little good confused. Things. They're disoriented. Yeah, these all sound like good things. Uh, but I but, could see how someone would not like them. That is, I don't know what to think. Stooped observation, Kevin. And and that's always been a misheard line for me. I always thought that he said that is a stupid observation. Oh, Kevin. Really? oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's yeah. always been a a stoot. It's got Kevin's got me pegged. <laughs> Kevin's uh, pegged. Uh, something about Kevin because Charles also did this. Robert California. Robert, Robert California also does it when they're like this Kevin guy. There's. He's hiding in plain sight. I know there's a genius yeah. in there. It's like people just won't give up on Kevin. <laughs> he makes good, good first impressions somehow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I want to say this really quick, which is they pretty much, D'Angelo comes in and everything is, all the scripts are completely flipped from the pre previous seven seasons, which is you have Michael who desperately wants everyone to like him. And mm. now you have D'Angelo where everyone wants to be liked by D'Angelo. Uh, right. That's an inversion. You also have... Dwight, who really, really wants Michael to like him, is now the one person who's like, I don't even care about Dan. I don't care about the boss. Like, I'm not a suck up. I'm going to do my thing, which is he was a total suck up to Michael for years. So maybe he learned his lessons. Um, and then you've got the Jim and Pam dynamic where it's like they're kind of split by the boss's affection, which never happened with Michael. He loved mm -hmm. Jim and Pam. He just wanted to be best friends with Jim and Pam. Mm -hmm. And D'Angelo immediately is driving a wedge between them by like, having Jim in his inner circle and right. seeming to not like Pam. So it's just very disorienting and this cold open um, plays into that pretty well. <laughs> Here's a bowl Sends of ice Daryl cream. Sends Daryl to business school. Huge yeah. announcement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gives Toby a new chair. Don't know why. <laughs> he gets the chair. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's great. Yeah. No, this is a, this is a, a particularly tough episode for Jim, perhaps because he's caught in the middle of, um, you know, everybody wants the new boss to like them. The new boss likes Jim. He's in the inner circle, but sort of as the episode goes on, you know, Pam and Angela and, and, you know, Phyllis, they, they all start to slowly realize like, this is a hundred percent sexism. Like the inner circles, all guys. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if this is I think this is a deleted scene of Angela saying, like, I'm a department head and he hasn't talked to me at all. And he keeps inviting Kevin in. To the, and she, right. I think at one point she's like, you, you can literally look at the numbers like I don't I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, way more important than Kevin. <laughs> um, and, and I did like this. But Kevin says it depends on what makes the math did. <laughs> that's true um 
I did. Uh, I I like this um, sort of uh, return to like a season one uh, theme of uh, you know sexism in the office or racism in the office. The the manager is is you are you've always been a big fan of sexism racism. <laughs> as a you love as, that stuff. I, I it's because well okay I'm just saying that I'm uh, like in once Michael. Scott becomes a likable guy. We kind of do away with this like old stuff of like the manager's an idiot and well I mean he's right. he's always an idiot but like tr- like a truly taping, sort taping of destructive dangerous like yeah like yeah. <laughs> uh and um and it was and it's and it's cool to see too like in in this is you know of course a later season and so the uh, the ensemble cast is like those characters are are have a little bit more confidence. So they speak up against they're they're speaking some truth to fa- to power, uh, mm-hmm. whereas like you know maybe people would have sat silent a little bit in those early seasons. Yeah, yeah. and this like you know w- with only this sort of one episode where where D'Angelo is totally untangled from Michael, you get, we do get a much better sense of his management style, who he is, um, and but. To, to your point there, I do enjoy there's just some of the character growth from these seven seasons that kind of get on display here in really little subtle ways that I think I think I hope was intentional. I assume was intentional by the writers um, of little things. For example, um, like Phyllis confronts D'Angelo, like brings it up mm-hmm. about what's going on, about the, the fact that he's sort of having some sexist things happening here. Uh, this is something Michael has, has in, in goodbye, Michael, like right before this is sort of like Phyllis, you need like wishes that Phyllis would speak her mind more right away. You know, Phyllis does it. Amazing. Um, it's just, there's kind of some things like that. You see people believing in themselves a little more. I I have to think Michael helped with some of that. Um, <laughs> I think the obviously the uh, uh, the basketball hoop is still there from Michael's right exit. <laughs> that helps with <laughs> when D'Angelo needs it later. Like Michael's presence is still flip. very much there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, and I, what I like about this too all, is that like you know the the inner circle is so stupid. Like, you know, all they do is sit in his office and play that Nerf basketball game. Uh, mm. They have st- stupid conversations about, like, you I've know, this, he's dude. like... I've been in this, I've been in this scenario before at a, at a job. Dude, I, I totally, I, I, I totally have been too. I feel like, I feel like this is a, a real thing and um, I like that they poke fun at it and and point out how ridiculous it is because it is just like yeah it's a bunch of guys trying to please d'angelo d'angelo's trying to look cool to all these guys and nothing is being accomplished they're just <laughs> honestly honestly if you just have a nerf hoop up like that game over like guys are gonna <laughs> assemble there and things games are gonna start happening and it just that's just a natural thing for for some guys it's just it feels a little like this moss, regulation moths to a flame <laughs> <laughs> get a couple shots up here you see that see that put a little english on it put a little english <laughs> by on the it, way huh? by the way like i play basketball and i'm gonna start shouting the british are coming 
when I hit a bank shot. <laughs> just put a, put a little English on it. Because you hear that as the door closes? Yeah. British are coming. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What does Incredible. he mean by that? I, do you understand that? Put a little English on it? English is like a term. I Most commonly, I hear it when playing pool or billiards. Oh. But English means like playing an angle rather than, you know, shooting it straight at the... In, in in pool, if you're just going to shoot a ball straight into a pocket, mm. uh, it'd just be straight. But if you're going to hit it at like a 45 degree angle and make it go left or whatever, I'd be like, put a little English on it. Like you don't hit it directly. You, you hit it at an angle. Interesting. AKA okay. a bank shot. Cool. <laughs> in basketball. So, Jim, are you comfortable if I use a sports term? <laughs> this is a team <laughs> and I need team players. <laughs> <laughs> i know that's it is funny just like well, when once once d'angelo is confronted uh with the fact that he's being sexist his his fixes are so f- funny or like just just totally dumb no growth no actual self-reflection but yeah like for instance like like can i have permission to use a sports metaphor yeah and then you know hiring a woman but the woman has zero experience and is like comically just attractive, young, beautiful. And... <laughs> his assistant is just like, <laughs> uh, uh, so he barely, he's not really growing at all. But did we really expect him to? Uh, know, ju- because, right, right. And uh, since you mentioned uh, uh, Jordan Garfield, I just you know, um, this is such a small character. I wonder what the idea was here if if, the, if they were going to try and have uh uh this be a more recurring character because she just disappears after the end of the season um of course she becomes yeah. creed's assistant uh once he becomes the manager uh during mm-hmm. the search committee episodes um but i did like that we got just a little bit more of jordan in this episode uh played by Co- cody horn um we once what there's also that moment too where she goes out and asks Dwight if he needs anything and he's like oh anything D'Angelo <laughs> tell your whore like it's just like holy <laughs> shit tell your whore to leave me alone yeah and it's just like uh but they they we did get a, a deleted moment here that I liked that was uh Jordan's talking head where she's like, so far, I do not like working here. <laughs> and uh, and then at one point, too, we just get her. Um, oh, yeah, there's a there's a moment where D, like. Uh, D, uh, Jim goes into D'Angelo's office and <laughs> D'Angelo is like, Jordan, can you please show Jim, <laughs> show Jim out? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Jordan, Jordan. show Jim out. She just, she just like gestures to the door and then just sits back down, uh, and waits for his next order. Um, and then there's also a moment where you've got the inner circle in there, and she like sneaks out, and they're like, "What's right. going on?" And she's like, "Oh, they were talking about ex girlfriends, and then they remembered that I was in the room, and they asked me to go chill." <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Forget the teapot letter, dude. Get me in that room for that conversation. Oh God, <laughs> I love. I mean, dude, and like, of, like the inner circle having having Gabe and Kevin in it, who are just like, I know, 
Like, I mean, Gabe I is the ultimate, like, just the total opposite of a guy's guy, probably. Uh, well, he's the worst kind of person for that because he would see himself as the ultimate guy's guy. Right. But he's just not, like, he's, you know what I mean? Where he's like, yeah, I collect swords. You know, I have, yeah. I'm into weird stuff. I, I love horror movies. He You're works like, out. Rule out. number one, lengthen. <laughs> Rule number two, elongate. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, the other, I like this point that is pointed out on uh, uh, on Thunderpedia, which is that technically in Saber's hierarchy, Gabe is D'Angelo's boss still on right. paper. So yeah. The fact that he's just sucking up to him and not even playing his role is, is very Gabe. Totally, totally. Because because Gabe is weak. And <laughs> at the end of this episode, uh, once D'Angelo has uh, you know injured himself, um, I think I think this was deleted too. I, I think there's a moment where we get like an explanation that like um, Gabe does like. Sometimes I wonder if I have ovaries in my uh Gabe is like I uh, it doesn't want to assume any responsibility for what happened or something like that. He's right. like and he's not going to step in uh, like mm-hmm. as manager or anything like that. So um what uh we haven't talked much about Pam in this episode which I feel like this is an this is an important Pam episode. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, in the beginning, she's trying to win uh D'Angelo over, and then slowly, she realizes that he is a you know sexist jerk and an idiot, and uh, and I really really enjoy when she just kind of gives up and is like making fun of his juggling. Look, I'm juggling bowling balls and eggs, one hand, no hands. <laughs> yeah. Love to see yeah, that. One, side I think of uh, one of the one of the one of the best Jenna Fisher comedy moments in the show. <laughs> That's I think when she, when she does just the yeah. neck, yeah, looking at the balls is great. Uh, this is a good I, run I do for like her. her slow descent into just like I had it. I've had it with this guy. Mm-hmm. She tried. She's like, I want him to like me. I organized his resumes by order of you know who's most qualified, <laughs> which <laughs> another deleted scene. D'Angelo then immediately is like, appreciate that, Pam, but there's a science to it, and he just mixes it up like he's. <laughs> mixing up a deck of cards right you know just wa- like a wash just mix it right. all around um nonetheless thank you pam and then walks away <laughs> right She's just like are you kidding me and then, and then jim's like i mean it's more fair <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she's just trying yeah she's trying to make a good impression so yeah she's trying to yeah, be helpful never gonna happen um yeah, and I, and finally, you know, it's uh, once Jim confronts uh, D'Angelo about this, he you know addresses everyone. He asks, "Who here has a vagina? <laughs> who <laughs> who here loves someone with a vagina? What about D'Angelo? Oh, he's got both oh. hands up. Uh, <laughs> great, great, great wide shot of him with two hands up. Yeah, I like uh, I like that. I never really noticed that he finishes his whole speech with the both hands. He's up. still got his hands up. <laughs> Also, another uh, thing I noticed in that scene too, after both hands have been raised, uh, Creed doesn't have a hand up at all. He's <laughs> Creed is just completely absent. Yeah. In that. And in fact, Creed is totally absent in this whole episode, really. Like I would I would have loved give me a can I get a line from Creed about D'Angelo? Can I get something yeah. about juggling or the Southwest? Like 
Creed ha- definitely has something to say about juggling. Well, there's a there, yeah. I mean, especially too because like something's up. Those I feel balls like never it, supposed to be there. <laughs> I I feel like I noticed Creed a bit in this episode, and you're right. He doesn't talk ever. I don't think. I don't think he has a um, line in this episode. But uh, but most notably, um, when D'Angelo is doing the juggling, uh, the only two people who seem impressed by this are Aaron and Creed. <laughs> they're riveted. They're riveted by what's riveted. Going. Aaron is super impressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh and then I guess like the inner circle guys are probably acting impressed, but I think I think for Aaron and Creed it is genuine uh <laughs> genuinely impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and they 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 give the benefit of the doubt. They're like I believe this guy can actually do this and it's impressive. Mhm. They they can imagine it too. They have a great imagination. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of, man, that is just like a, such a classic scene. I this great to just see Will Ferrell just go, and and it's a much longer, <laughs> it's much longer, much longer than the cut. super fan cut. Um, yes. I love uh, I love Phyllis. Where's Phyllis? <laughs> yeah, do you trust me, Phyllis? <laughs> Hold your head completely still. Big round of applause for Phyllis. <laughs> I mean, everybody clap at Phyllis. Um, this is funny. Like, yeah, all this comes out of that one comment Pam makes, or just laugh about juggling. Yeah. Um, or no, it's it's Daryl who, who is really sorry, the one who yes, starts on it and says, "This yes. guy said special skills." Uh, yeah, uh, juggling. Juggling. And D'Angelo's just like, "What's wrong with juggling, Daryl?" Um, I love too that. Do you, does D'Angelo actually? have this routine does he actually do this i think i think just like why does he react to the juggling comment like that i think he likes juggling or like you know like he's like impressed by you know like i I could see him being a cirque du soleil fan and he's you know and he's like that's hey that's that's not cool juggling is cool and then that's I would totally he takes, say that. <laughs> he takes it one f- step further where he wants it to be a teaching moment, but he doesn't actually know how to juggle, so he's just going to mm. pretend. Um <laughs> I do love to Andy is also trying to impress D'Angelo. He cannot get into the inner circle because he's uh you know, uh cornered yeah. put himself in a corner as a, as the funny guy. But thankfully he has juggling balls in his desk. And he tries yeah, what does he say? He's like, I used to... The parabolas. Oh, okay. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. You've seen the... Uh, that is the uh, the type of juggling where you have the two sticks and a string, and you have that two, that thing oh. that's got like, looks like two cups glued together. Right. The parabola. And oh. You can like, do all sorts of crazy tricks with it. That's what that is. That's that's wild. I had one of those as a kid. I did, I did too. I did, those are really fun. They're, I, they're, I had they're those. Pretty easy, I had, I got pretty good with the devil sticks. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. And then I was, I was always a, a pretty solid juggler. I uh, started with the bean bags, moved on to the clubs eventually. That. At my peak, I'm just bragging about circus stuff now. <laughs> but I, but hey, look, my parents bought me the Klutz book of juggling. Nice. As a kid, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, they used no. to have a juggling festival at Reed College in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Big clown juggling festival, which was oh, like boy. cocaine for for eight year old Alex. So my yeah. parents would always take me, 
and then they bought me stuff and i i got uh way into juggling as well I, at one fun. point i was a i was i could juggle clubs walking on a like slack line tightrope type thing that was kind of the peak of my Whoa. circus powers and Damn. now now i'm nothing now i'm an empty shell of what i once was oh you'll you'll get it back buddy just uh yeah. man if if reed still does that juggling fest i'd be down to go see that sometime. it'd be fun right yeah that it's, would be it's fun. great that'd be a fun way to it's spend cool. an afternoon it's cool um hey why don't we take a quick break and uh and we'll come back and finish finish up talking about the inner circle what say we do Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to the Michael Scott Podcast Company. I'm talking about the inner circle. Uh, a good place to start is may- maybe wrap it up on Jim and Pam. I, I-, I like that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, after Jim confronts D'Angelo, he sort of gets kicked out of the inner circle. Uh, and um, this is uh, this is total cop behavior. Just like, don't. Yeah. If you say anything bad about us, you report us like you, you, we're going to make your life hell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, it's like, I mean, I think. You know, this is a good, uh, I don't know, allegory or something. It's like, yeah, like when you speak truth to power, when you when you do confront a sexist boss about being sexist, like, unfortunately, like, you're, you're going to feel the the consequence of that, most likely, rather mm-hmm. than, you know, being a hero or something like that or convincing them. Um, it's kind of realistic and. I like too that, you know. <laughs> well, first of all, that opens up a spot for Andy. He's super excited, but oh, uh, I love his reaction. I'm in. <laughs> and I think too, like you know, even after uh, D'Angelo invites Jim back into the inner circle, even Pam is like, "Go, you should go." Like, I mean, it's like it. Right. It, it's still works. This isn't the it's, time to make a statement. Like, right? It's we still, need you in there. Yeah, like uh, I think it's it's one of the unfortunate like realities of 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 uh, the modern office. It's like, yeah, you got to like even if you work for an asshole, there's sometimes there's nothing you can do and you got to just it's like what Mm -hmm. I still got to make money and uh, I still want to try and move up here and, you know, stay in this person's good graces. Um, But Jim does this kind of happen with Michael was just like. Look, dude, sometimes you just got to go out to dinner or go to lunch with Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have mm-hmm. to sometimes, mm-hmm. even though it sucks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to go up and accept a Dundee for... <laughs> <laughs> for something awful. <laughs> something awful. Yeah, I can't, now I can't remember. Uh, but uh, he... Uh, but Jim but Jim um, does do, you know, sort of the heroic thing and says, you know, no, why don't we... Why don't we just go downstairs and you can and do the do the Michael Jordan dunk for us right now? Um, he uh, he puts him on the spot and uh, and D'Angelo falls for it. I mean, this is Jim's judo at 
uh, a master of judo, right? Yeah. Uh, He does this to Michael many times. And Dwight. Using using your opponent's body weight against them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A kind of... And and Jim's very good at this. He's been doing this with Dwight for years, did this with Michael for years. And he knows, I think I can just push Angela a little bit in this direction and he's going to fall on his own sword, which is almost exactly what happens. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean... even in this episode, D'Angelo already proves that he will he will try and back up what he's saying, even though he's using invisible juggling balls, right? <laughs> um, I don't think... It seems to me that there's an insecurity, a, a, a crippling insecurity within D'Angelo, much like Michael, that he is eager to have people uh, see that he's not totally full of, of shit. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> he, for some reason, wants to do this dunk, kick in. No one really... I mean, Jim would love to see it but he certainly doesn't need to do it right then uh but he does because that's just how he is dude Um, i think i think i think at the like i think d'angelo's issue is just that he he's like a george santos uh he mm. has literally lied his way into getting this job that he's not qualified for and he just can't stop lying he just can't like there's <laughs> it's never going to stop. <laughs> well, uh, a whole nother storyline in this episode is, is Kelly and Ryan, which we haven't even talked about. Oh, wow. And, Whoops. And Kelly yeah. calls out Ryan. You know, you're a, you like lying. You lie about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And has Ryan has lied that he is Kelly's supervisor, su- Kelly's boss. It's, it's so <laughs> I mean, it's so horrible, too, because it's like Ryan it's awful. like doesn't have to yell at her, <laughs> like you know, no. as no one else is yelling in the office. D'Angelo does not do anything to, like, help her. He's just like, whoa, glad glad he's not my boss. Um, nobody it's, likes a it money is a perfect grubber. microcosm of just like what what how everything can sort of go wrong or make people's lives miserable in, in a corporate setting, which is simply. Yeah. Like, I am treating you this way because of how my boss will see it. And if they see that, that is good for me. And right. again, this can this could be this could be a positive or a negative thing. In in Ryan and Kelly's case, it's extremely negative. It's maybe like some of the worst treatment uh that anyone gets is Kelly in this episode of sure. just being like absolutely hounded down by Ryan and then confirmed and validated on that by yeah. D'Angelo. It's really yeah. bad stuff. L- he, she is literally demoted. <laughs> and, and even to her credit, she finally like is like, I can't do this. This is total bullshit. Ryan has never had a job here. He has no purpose here. He is mm-hmm. just lying his way. And that's where all my drops come from. It's like, yeah. I'm looking at this like I look at art. It's like, I like Ryan. You seem kind of hysterical. Right. Let's Which is a, it a, is. a totally sexist term to like call a woman hysterical. Totally. Completely. And it's just like like dr- like jaw dropping like and it's just like well okay <laughs> like, and for Kelly her situation gets worse just by trying to be honest and fix it which right. is say hey I don't have a boss and now by the end of that conversation Ryan is her boss as as di- dictated by D'Angelo it's just it's horrible yeah it's horrible. Yeah, Ryan's now he worst. doesn't have to. He doesn't even have to to be a good boyfriend all of the time, as was their <laughs> original agreement. Now he just immediately is like, "Oh, great, okay, uh, I'll see you at your house around two a.m." Yeah, thanks, babe. Can I get this on my desk and I'll see you at two a.m. Yeah, awful stuff. Awful. Uh, let's see. I, to wrap this well, up, let's, though, 
Oh, I was yeah. gonna say, let's wrap up with Jim and Pam because they have this schism between them. They kind of sort of come back together after Jim gets kicked out. Pam begrudgingly accepts what must be done. Jim goes in as the rogue agent, makes this happen, and uh, I think it kind of serves to sort of bring Jim and Pam together. Uh, uh, there's no, they don't try and any interlay any deeper drama on them, which I appreciated. Yeah, out of this because I think they could have. Uh, but they didn't. So I'm I'm glad that where that ends sort of for Jim and Pam. Yeah. Yeah. I I I do too. I think um it it's uh it's a nice moment for them. Unlike ones that we get in in season 9 and things like that. Um and, and oftentimes when, when Michael with Michael there, it was up to Pam to go in to the inner circle and sort of talk to Michael and make something good happen for everybody. That's or true. For just, so it's a nice, uh, it's a little bit of a role reversal here, but um, should we talk about the dunk? Yeah. And then, uh, so uh, D'Angelo probably even to his own surprise is sort of able to dunk, not exactly the Michael Jordan free throw dunk. Um, jumps off of Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, Anyone can do that. Um, Will Ferrell's like six four. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, but I believe uh, D'Angelo could dunk when he was like twenty. Sure, but yeah, not anymore. And uh, you know, he he uh, they fall. He falls on the uh, the whole hoop comes down. Uh, he gets uh, driven away in an ambulance, and then um, and then wanders back into the office. Uh, with uh, some sort of really extreme concussion. <laughs> and uh, I do like some deleted moments we get from this, too. I like uh, there's there's actually a talking head with, <laughs> with yeah, concussed with- D'Angelo, and, and, which ends by Jim coming in and, ex- like, you know, being like, okay, Escorting buddy, like, out. let's yeah. go. And, and then Jim mm-hmm. turns to the camera crew and says, I can't believe I'm like, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. uh it's great uh also ryan tries to um take advantage of the situation by getting d'angelo to sign off on all his vacation days yes (laughs) yep ryan ever the opportunist uh gabe and jim basically escort him back out they leave in uh you can see John Krasinski crack as they are escorting D'Angelo out as yeah. Will Ferrell is just rambling in total nonsense, <laughs> telling this sort of bartender, someone walks into a bar kind of joke. Yeah. Um, and we've Tausch talked about this before. says to 10. <laughs> we, we've talked about this before. We have, we have a, a friend who shall remain unnamed who, when they are like blacked out drunk, this is exactly how he talks, which is like Will Ferrell in... <laughs> Uh, concussed Will Ferrell in this episode, which is like <laughs> most people are very, very drunk, kind of slur the speech, or they're like everything kind of runs together. Our friend does not slur speech; he just talks nonsense with good diction, like just like D'Angelo's doing here. It's right. so funny with with like How you know, mind to mind, as if he's having a conversation with you, and like <laughs> there's like like he's like you know laughing and things like <laughs> it's like I uh, I'm not following, but <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I always love that scene for that yeah. reason. Uh, well, there you go, the inner circle, and that's that's it for um Will Ferrell on the Office. Um, 
which yeah. uh, I really enjoy D'Angelo. I think I think and I say that because I think that a lot of people don't like the D'Angelo arc and just yeah. feel like it's Will people Ferrell like coming it. in and having the Will the Will Ferrell show, which, you yeah. know, I got to say, I fair. don't mind. Fair love, criticism. Yeah. Fair, very fair. It's, it's it is very much. Hey, Will, can you come in and play Will Ferrell? And it's yeah. like, yeah, here's some Will Ferrell. Remember, sure. remember that Michael left? Well, here's Will Ferrell. It's <laughs> yeah. very, you know, hey, look at this. And fair enough, but hey, Will Ferrell's funny. I like it. Um, a couple couple last quick notes here before we do conference room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn in this episode that Andy types 15 words a minute. <laughs> that is... Very slow. Crip- in no capacity should he be working with a computer, if that's the case, even as mm. in sales. Uh which is a part of this. We, uh, we also didn't mention, which is <laughs> deleted extended scene here, which is Andy puts himself in the stack of resumes for the assistant. He's, he's trying oh, to get right. in with D'Angelo in the hopes that he'll read his resume, be impressed, and then Andy will be like, I'm that guy. Yeah. yeah Crazy yeah. scheme here from Andy, but I, I, I admire the hustle. And he, call, <laughs> he goes by Bernard Andrews on that resume. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, D'Angelo, <laughs> never quite noticed this. D'Angelo's wearing a Western cut suit jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I that noticed that on the back. this time. Yeah, there's yeah. like the uh, the the little cowboy. I don't know what you'd call him, but like, yeah, there's yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I've never seen a suit jacket like that. The the western cut. So uh, nice no, job there by the costume department to to put that detail in. Yeah, um, for sure. Lastly, uh, Dwight or uh, D'Angelo mentions to Dwight while he's trying to get Dwight to like him, which by the way is my favorite small story of of mm-hmm. d'angelo is mm-hmm. just getting dwight to like him and then eventually the <laughs> confrontation damn it dwight Dwight, damn it dwight and just something about me <laughs> i'm <was laughs> not a strong leadership uh but the, uh when he, when d'angelo tells dwight that uh his cousin cracked a soda recipe uh, <laughs> and i we have certain soda and we have just been drinking that for years uh, <laughs> i think dwight would actually be really impressed by that totally <laughs> Totally. I think, I think that'd be like something right up Dwight's alley. It's called yeah. cracking a soda recipe and making it yourself. Like, if Michael like if, that. if Michael had told him that, he would have been like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> what soda? <laughs> uh, soda water. Uh, anyway, uh, those were my last notes. Oh, no, oh, sorry. Big one. Huge one. Oh. Huge. So I hadn't noticed this before. Jim, noted basketball player, you know, kind of his thing in high school. Uh, Jim marks the free throw line when D'Angelo goes for the dunk. And right. Jim marks the line 15 feet from the baseline. That is not correct. Oh. A free throw is 15 feet from the basket, 19 feet from the baseline, which Whoa. means all of this is Jim's fault. A proper free throw line. D'Angelo might never have made it to the basket and might have never actually done that dunk. <laughs> in which case, D'Angelo might still be there. Whoa. And not be in the hospital. So, Jim, whether whether by hook or by crook, whether it was on purpose or not, gets rid of D'Angelo, perhaps by giving him an easier free throw line to dunk from. Isn't that, it? doesn't D'Angelo even say it feels a little close? And Jim's like, no, that's it. Yeah, he does. That's crazy. Interesting. I so wonder if that's, four extra feet there. That seems like just a uh, poorly researched uh, bit there. Um, 
Or Jim's yeah. does it on purpose. Who knows? We are blowing the roof off. What if Jim puts the line puts that line closer and he removes all the weight out of the base of the hoop, oh. which those types of hoops you usually fill with water or something to, to keep them. Wow. Fully grounded. sabotaged. What if he, full saboteur. Saboteur. Sabot- Not the first time he's been called a saboteur. Not and it won't be the last. Sniping on Carrington. All right, let's go to the uh let's go to this conference room. Oh, okay. Okay. 20 minutes, conference room, everybody's in there. That. <laughs> Love to hear the, the uh, concussion Dwight there say, Dad, shout out to concussions. Dwight's had one. D'Angelo's had one. I've had one. We've all oh. had one. Um, no joke. Okay. If, you're, if you think you might have one, go get it checked out. Uh, in this conference room, we got a couple things we're going to talk about. We have a we have an email and we have a voicemail. We're going to start with the email here. Um, it is a good, actually, no, it's not good. It is a great email. Um, oh, that I wanted to share with you and, and pitch to you. Now, this comes from uh, Allison Bonander. <laughs> you know what I am worried about? <laughs> Getting a Bonander. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Allison. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So this, this what's great, and and we've saved this email because it was very well done, and it it comes to us because it's a the memo it says memo urgent, urgent a I fixed season eight, and now urgent oh. <laughs> urgent a is a shout out of course to Michael and D'Angelo getting their uh, faces getting a shave. <laughs> And uh, urgent, market urgent A, urgent B, urgent C, and urgent D. Urgent A is the most important. Whoa. Urgent D, I don't even have to really worry. This is about. a great email. So this is email picks up basically right from where this episode is done, which is going right into season eight. Um, Allison says, "Hello, Michael Scott Podcast Company, longtime listener, longer time not reading emails. I come to you with a conference room discussion. I'm on to something big." I claim to have the answer to fixing season eight. I make no promises for fixing season nine. I'm only one person. <laughs> so, I, but I will say, I think season nine would have been drastically affected by this change to season eight that Allison okay. is, is okay. proposing here. Um, and might have might have even kept the show at, at a level that it, it had established by the time Michael leaves. I don't know. Well, here we go. Okay. So at the crux of this is Michael Scott leaves and Kelly Kapoor should have taken his place. Only for this season oh. eight, but not forever. But in fact, it should have been Kelly. And I actually think this is a really good idea. Whoa. So here's the rationale. Kelly is the print in all colors initiative rep, and she becomes promoted to regional manager okay. through this program that has been established that she's been doing, right? So totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll add to that Joe Bennett seems to like Kelly. Exactly. Like, so she, I think she, this this stands to reason. Gabe is tall and weak. She's small and strong. Uh. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it starts with Kelly, which I, I agree would have been fantastic. Uh, so here's the sort of potential episodes and plot points that she lays out here. So okay. number one, Jim and Dwight immediately undermine Kelly, mainly Dwight, and treat her as if she's not a real manager. So they sort of take charge. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly goes into these business meetings with new clients and truly, quote unquote, Kelly's it, uh, which is, I think, what she calls kill, kills it. Okay. She okay. It. With Ryan's influence, 
of thinking outside the box and being big in the tech industry, Ryan again gets a taste of that sweet, sweet corporate life and sort of becomes the Angela to Dwight of like, I will I will rule by association with Kelly. Yeah. I love this plot point. I think this sets up Ryan as the ultimate villain of this show for the end. <laughs> um, Aaron remains receptionist. So there's no one to check Kelly's orders. Aaron just does it because she loves Kelly. Yeah. So Kelly's basically doing whatever she wants, running it through reception. Kelly, Aaron sets up a meeting with a corporate bigwig from Japan. After all of Ryan's big picture ideas fail... Kelly then rips off the paper for women idea that Stanley has in the conference room meeting. Okay. Rather than Robert California saying it's a terrible idea, Kelly pitches it to the Japanese executives and they love it. Brilliant. Here's where the theory then really starts to bloom. Now Dunder Mifflin is selling pink scented paper, a la Legally Blonde's Ellie Wood's resume, Mm -hmm. and the business freaking booms. (laughs) This throws Jim and Dwight way off their game. Dwight doesn't know how to sell to women. Jim doesn't know how to sell pink paper that he thinks is stupid. Hmm. With Dwight and Jim unarmed and no longer in control, the coalition for the reason is extremely weak. I think this creates some very good potential for the ensemble to shine. Example. Phyllis gets a makeover again and sells via video conferencing and becomes <laughs> the best salesperson in the office. Okay. Okay. Creed's got potential clients he can sell to overseas. He speaks Japanese. <laughs> he, <laughs> I think it's Mandarin, but yeah. <laughs> well, whatever he does, it, somehow it works. <laughs> yeah. Meredith's bluntness is weirdly accepted by the new business partners as forward and courageous. <laughs> Stanley's selling through the roof. He thinks the pink paper is, is stupid, but he's making money and he's fully enthused. Aaron and Kelly are crushing it, and no one knows how or why. Ryan diverts back to wild corporate Ryan meets bowling alley Ryan, the best of all Ryans. Sure. Yeah. Now, Allison says, I think the best part of this potential ensemble twist post-Michael is not permanent. I think Kelly still leaves because she gets bored of being corporate boss, and she's gained enough connections that she goes to join a Japanese pop star group. Ryan follows, (laughs) obviously. And we're left with the office trying to gain balance uh, again, a la season nine. Dwight takes charge. Things settle down, et cetera, et cetera. Discussion. I did it, didn't I? I fixed season eight. You're welcome, Allison. Yeah. Allison, I, I think mean, you did. I've, well, I just, I love it. I think that's come on. so, it's so this much. Is amazing. It's so much more fun than like, oh no, like, you know, Andy is struggling as the new manager and he just wants everyone to like him and wants to do a good job. And I don't know. It's just like this is so much more fun and crazy. And having Kelly in a position of power where now Dwight has to like, you know, either, uh, you know, follow follow along or or. Yeah, it's it's man. There's so much potential for. For comedy and conflict, it's mm-hmm. it's good. It's really good, and I love. Unfortunately, it's like I because because of BJ Novak and Mindy Kaling as writers, I don't think they would have written themselves into the manager. Unfortunately, I, so well, like, I think there's a genuine. Oh, right I think there's a genuine issue of you know them wanting to continue to be mm-hmm. writers, of course, and it's like you don't. I mean, it's why we don't see big storylines for any of them, Toby included. You know, mm-hmm. it's they just can't. Um, 
right be on set all the time but um yeah it's uh it's way more fun it's way more fun uh i just think it it addresses so many problems with i think pretty elegant solutions which is like is are we really to believe that they make andy boss just because cornell is on his resume mm -hmm. like you know what i mean it just it, it's always felt a little weak um right think, andy has like anger management issues in his on his record right totally. like you know Absolutely. that's got to be and he's got a little too much it's like it's sort of like the best andy could have been is just a cheaper discount michael scott which is like someone who just desperately wants to be liked and has trouble making friends mm -hmm. and has trouble just with how people see him no one takes him really that seriously sort of like all that stuff made it necessary to bring in Robert California, who's the opposite of all those things. And it just was always a little off. Now, obviously, I love the comedic character of Robert California. It makes me laugh a lot. But mm -hmm. this is just makes so much more sense. I think giving Kelly way more of a platform, giving Mindy Kaling that role would be awesome. Um, and it, again, it's like this actually makes sense in the story, in the world of the show uh, through that Print and All Colors initiative. Um, I think her as manager just creates so much more opportunity for old yeah. school office, you know, just yeah. like, just like the first seasons with, with Michael, I think her just coming in with a crazy idea and watching everyone have to deal with it is perfect. I'd love, and you know what? I'd love to see, you know, Joe Bennett doesn't ever really show up in season eight. They talk about her like she's still around, but it would be fun to see. Kathy Bates come back on the show at, you know, really impressed with Kelly and everything she's mm -hmm. done. And is you know, Dwight tries to talk to Joe about like, Kelly's not a good manager. And she's just like, mm -hmm. I like, you know, your numbers are down, Dwight. You're not like selling like you did. What's, yeah. what's going on? Like this mm -hmm. product is hot. Like you should be able to sell it. It's selling um, itself. It's selling itself. And, uh, but but there's also still room for Robert California because he gets hired as the manager, then becomes CEO, then they hire Andy as the manager. So you could mm. almost still have Robert California, and maybe he is like very impressed with Kelly and all her crazy ideas, and maybe he's trying to creepily like sleep with her as well. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> there's, I mean, there's just a lot of potential for uh, a lot of weird uh stuff there man that's that is awesome i, I love this idea it's very well done i i'm a robert california fan and i am willing to erase the memory of him forever and to serve this season of tv <laughs> i think it's i think it's worth it um yeah. i think the attention to how it affects the ensemble is very smart yeah i like um, that i like I, that like shaking up the roles a bit is would just be really fun like phyllis is sort of the alpha salesperson in the office would be amazing yeah um Creed get Creed a little more active. Maybe he's just constantly taking trips to Japan and Korea. I think it would also be Korea because of Saber's all the stuff Saber makes comes from Korea. So maybe it starts there, moves into Japan. Basically in sort of that in the Asian market, they're just like have found found new life as a company. Um, yeah. I uh there's no mention of Angela here and at first I was like, "Oh, it'd be fun. I mean, it'd be so fun for Angela and Dwight to kind of you know, they'll, they're sort of like, a, you know, an underdog rebellion now, like that, you know, is continuous through season eight. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, you know, or 
Kelly like talks to Angela right away and is like, I need you. Like, and I like, I'm down, I'm down to do whatever you want to do. Like you understand the numbers. I don't understand any of this stuff. I just want all the pomp and frills of being manager. Uh, and, uh, Gives Angela power right away. And now oh, Dwight Angela, doesn't even have Angela on his Angela's side. Angela's the number two over yeah. Dwight. She makes yeah. Angela. Oh. She's got Angela. She's got Angela and Aaron and Ryan kind of as her. As her pos- As her inner circle. That's her new Jim. That's her new Dwight, Jim, and Pam. Yeah. 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 I, I love this. I love this. Yeah. This would have been great. Man. I want to see mm. this season. Really, really fun. I thank you so much for thank you for typing this up. It's it's a very detailed email with with uh, gifts and everything. It's 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 really <laughs> great. So thank you. Well done. Uh, well done. Uh, let's see. I think we got a voicemail to listen to. Yeah, we'll just close out with this one because uh, it's pretty. It's I don't know. It's we probably not in a voicemail episode, but we love talking about our fair city, Portland. So if you're interested in that, you can stick oh, around yeah. for this voicemail. Cool. Hi guys, I love this show. I've never called in before though. Um, my name is Diana, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And I am listening to Work Bus. I'm actually pretty far behind, but I just found you guys fairly recently, um, in 2023. But I just wanted to mention that my husband and I are planning a trip to Willamette Valley in Portland in July Ooh. for our 15th anniversary. And you guys are laughing because you're talking about pies and the pie shop and naming like the street that it's on. And I'm like, this is so helpful because we are trying to figure out different places that we can visit in Portland. And anytime you guys mention anything Portland, <laughs> um, the one time you were on a retreat at a you know a winery and I was like, writing it down so that I could look it up and see what, well, you know, what it was all about. So, hey, anytime you're talking about Portland for the next uh, however many episodes that I can get in in uh, the next five months, that would be extremely helpful to me. So that's all. I just wanted to let you guys know that I really enjoy this podcast. Um, um, I've listened to The Office Ladies from the start of that, and you guys are totally different. It's a totally different perspective on the show and I, I really enjoy it and I am a trivia freak. So <laughs> anytime there's trivia at the end of the episode, that's my favorite part. So thanks. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Bye. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you for calling in. And, um, and uh, don't worry, trivia will be back next week with our smookler trivia that we have on deck uh, for when Edwin gets back. Um, that is uh, so excited, uh, so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Uh, love the Willamette Valley uh, out here in Oregon, um, especially in July. Great. Oh yeah, great month. You're gonna have a good here. time. I mean, really, right, right, peak Portland here. Um, I think you'll want to like, you'll definitely want to book your tastings ahead of time. Um, yes, during that time of year. Um. I'm gonna say I'm gonna suggest um, Sokol Blosser is a is a really great uh, winery. S O K O L, yeah, B L O S S E R. That's that's very cool building and like cool, very Will Smith esque. 
I also like uh, there's a place called Beau Frere. It's kind of um, it's kind of expensive, but it's a cool place. They've got pigs there, <laughs> which is which is really fun. You can you can do a little wine tasting and uh, feed a, a a huge pig uh, some tiny apples. It's really it's really great. Um, oh, yeah. uh, Domain Serene is like a weird like it feels like you're all of a sudden like in Italy or something like that. Um, we actually filmed a TV show out there one time. Um, yeah, what do you what do you suggest? Well, it's hard to you know know exactly what what the interests are. Uh, it sounds like sounds like going to a winery or two. Go, yeah, absolutely I've, do it. I mean, the Willamette Valley is is a is a is world class wine area for mm-hmm. the uh, Oregon Pinot Noir specifically. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is a wonderful, my favorite kind of wine. I'd say. So check that out. Your 15th anniversary. So you're probably you're probably going to have some nice dinners, do a couple dates. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the mainly find a there's so many good restaurants, like just whatever type of food you like. Go online. There's just there's so many good restaurants you can find. But just go on a nice walk around the river, like go go do the Esplanade walk. Um, I mean, in, in July, it's just going to be so beautiful out here. Uh, yeah. Do something in town like that. Take the take the tram, whatever you know. I don't know. Go down to, just go for some walks. Just go for some walks around the water. That's really all I'm gonna say. Rent a bike if you want. Get crazy. Yeah. There's a uh, if you if in and, and for when you are in the Willamette Valley, uh, Trellis is a great restaurant. Mm. Um, good for lunch. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and if you like beer. Uh, Wolves and People is a brewery out there that's on a hazelnut farm. I know I've probably already talked about this before, but I love that place. It's it's just, mm. I don't know. It's just like every brewery you go to is like a huge concrete, you know, factory yeah. or something like that. And they got the TV screens with all the beers on tap and stuff like that. It's totally different vibe. You're basically like out in a in a tent or if it's not raining, you can be outside. Um, and uh, they have lots of great sour beers and wild fermentation beers. And, and uh, again, it's just nice to drink your beer while looking out over the hazelnut fields. It's pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Yeah. All that's, I mean, there's all the towns south of Portland too, McMinnville, Newburgh, all those, there's just really good, just great spots. All over if there, you, so. and if you have time, you can go all the way to the other side of Portland and head out to Hood River. You can go see Multnomah Falls mm-hmm. on the way. And then Hood River has some fabulous um, breweries like Ferment Brewing Company and Freem, uh f- Full Sales out there. Uh, yeah. And then there's a um, man. There's Double a, Mountain is out there. Yeah, there's um, there's a really amazing winery out there called. Uh, it is called Hiyu, H-I-Y-U. It's like a, um, I think they do natural wines and it's like they just let animals roam around on in the vineyard. So there'll just be like a group of pigs and a cat and like it's <laughs> it's really cool it, it, and, and it's just a neat place. So, man, there's no, no, uh, you really can't do wrong, but. Those I'll are some second of my that. If, if you're driving around, if you have a car and stuff, the drive from Portland out to Hood River, 
on a nice day is really cool. So yeah, get out into the gorge. T- yeah, tons of great wine out there too. Mm-hmm. Restaurants. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna um, have a great time. <laughs> we're gonna be Sean and I will be you know heavily bunkered down with newborns hopefully and everything went well so uh that'll be our july but yeah i'll be spending almost all of it outside i will say that on my back deck oh that's gonna be great i'm excited for you uh thank you so much for calling in diana if you want to call and leave us a message you can at 503-694-9314 uh, another great way to get a hold of us is m- uh, email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our store, mspcstore.com. Join our Discord. Uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Five bucks a month gets you Scott's talk, Tots access to all the things that Alex mentioned earlier, uh, plus a portion of those funds go to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. So very special thanks to our Scott's Tots for supporting us. Special thanks to Kayla and Brianna for running our Discord. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who does our artwork. This episode was recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, USA. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you for for allowing us to exist by by giving us your, your listens, your attention, your wonderful emails. Everything you guys do is uh, very special for us, and just can't thank you enough. As we as we have now hurdled past the five year mark on this show uh, and continue into the future uh, to destinations unknown. But we we yeah. love everyone out there. Uh, shout out to the Scots Tots. Shout out to everyone who's listened to any minute of our shows. We love you so much. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the song. Yes, yes sir. sir. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. Good night. <laughs>